Welcome to Mouseliness, where we will discuss everything Disney from the parks to the movies and everything in between with a special Disney recipe every week. This week we are talking about Mount Everest. And on to the news. Club Cool will be back at Epcot this summer in a location next to the new creation shop, which replaces Mouse Gear. Wah, wah. Yeah. That new place looks so generic. I hate it. What? I like the sketches that they had for the new one. It looks like a Target or something. It's very generic. Mouse gear or the, the thing, shop? The thing that's replacing mouse gear. And according to Disney, Club Cool, hosted by Coca-Cola, will celebrate Coca-Cola in a fresh new way while keeping the fan favorite experience that invites you to explore tasty drinks from all around the world. The space will also have some new magic to bring global experience of Coca-Cola to life for you. I'm just excited about the free samples again. Get all hyped up on caffeine and sugar. And then Are we sure it's going to be free? I I can't picture them changing it. I mean, do you think they're really going to make you pay to walk in and do the sampling again? I don't think so. I, I think it's going to be more the um the free machines. You know, the Coca Cola free. Oh, if it's that, the... then I don't want that. Why? I, I can't because I want to try all the weird ones. No, I mean, they're going to have all the weird ones in there, but I think it's going to yeah. be those types of machines and oh, not okay. the old school lever machines. I like the old school lever machine. <laughs> and for those of you over at the Magic Kingdom, Baby Care Center will be closing for refurbishment in May with a temporary location to be open during the work. This location is over in Tomorrowland by the AAA Lounge next to Carousel Progress. Expect to reopen in the fall. The original location on Main Street will have an updated interior with more capacity and new theming. The Wonderful World of Mickey Mouse animated shorts created a story for the Aqua Mouse, the first Disney attraction at sea coming to Disney Wish in 2022. The two minute... Yeah, Adam, Tim and Adam are excited. I still need to go on a cruise. <laughs> the two minute long Aquamouse adventure will feature show scenes, lighting and special effects in its first of kind water ride that will send guests on a family adventure through 760 feet of winding tubes suspended high above the upper decks of the Disney Wish. And this has a two-seater ride vehicle that will ascend into a magical tunnel that will teleport them into a cartoon world of Scuba Scramble, a new animated short that plays through oversized virtual portholes and it has over 60 water effects and is perfectly synced to an original music score by any emmy nominated composer christopher willis the wonderful world of mickey mouse and the disney wish will sail its maiden voyage on june 9th 2022 followed by a season of three to four night cruises to the bahamas disney you can't say nassau you can't say nassau i didn't know how to say it <laughs> oh my. Oh. And Disney's private island, Castaway Cay, from Port Canaveral, Florida. Bookings open to the general public on May 27th, 2021. Walt Disney Imagineering Research and Development has built a free walking Groot robot as part of a multi year project, Kiwi. The project isn't ready for the parks yet, but it offers a glimpse of what is to come and how Disney are aiming to shape the future of character experiences. Did you watch the you video on it? Yeah, I watched yes. it the other day. It's, it's really cool. <laughs> it is so cool. Disney World's Magic Mobile service is now available for Android users following the initial rollout to Apple devices last month. Yay, Todd, just stop bitching now. <laughs> Magic Mobile on Android, the device must be Google Pay enabled. Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser will officially launch in 2022 at Walt Disney World Resort. 
and guest staying there will be among the first to use the new lightsaber created by Walt Disney Imagineering Research and Development. Did you see that video too? No. With the lightsaber with the retractable blade, it's really cool. Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser invites guests into a new kind of story living as they travel the galaxy in style aboard the glamorous Halcyon Star Cruiser, known for its impeccable service and exotic destinations. They will stay in well-appointed cabins, experience exquisite dining, and out-of-this-world entertainment. I mean, we'll we'll get closer when it gets closer to the launch date. Then we'll we'll get more into detail of of what's to expect on the yeah. Well, once Jillian books our Star Cruise, I'll let you know. Yeah. <laughs> when if you get D, um cruise points if you stay at the Star Cruise? You should, in my opinion. <laughs> it's a ship. Yeah, that's how I feel. Disney bought Disney's Boardwalk Inn at Walt Disney World will reopen from its COVID nineteen closure on July second, twenty twenty one, and. The park hours have been extended for all theme parks in May and June. So we're looking at Hollywood Studios move from an, to an 8 p.m. closure instead of 7 p.m. on most days. Magic Kingdom now has most days opening at 8 p.m. and closing at 9 p.m. Epcot is returning to its pre-COVID closing time of 9 p.m., with some days actually extending out to 10 p.m. However, opening still remains at 11 a.m. Animal Kingdom now has mostly 8 a.m. openings and 7 p.m. closings. More locations are joining the Mobile Order Brigade at the Magic Kingdom, allowing guests to order directly from their phone. New additions are Sunshine Tree Terrace, the Friars Nook, and Sleepy Hollow. Most of the, I think Sunshine Terrace just opened. I don't think they were open before. All right. So now we're going to go on to the Yeti experience that we have in Walt Disney World, and that is Expedition Everest. So, as we most of us know, the ride was originally themed around a Yeti animatronic protecting the Forbidden Mountain next to Mount Everest. It is the fastest roller coaster at Disney's Animal Kingdom and the tallest roller coaster at any Disney theme park. Um, The Guinness Book of World Records lists Expedition Everest as the most expensive roller coaster in the world, including sets and extras. Its total cost was reported to be a hundred million dollars for six years of planning and construction. It held the record till 2019 when the $300 million Hagrid Hagrid's Magical Creatures Motorbike Adventure opened at Universal's Islands of Adventure. And it is the tallest artificial mountain, all of Walt Disney's parks and Disney's 18th mountain or mountain themed attraction, depending on where you're from and how you say it. I don't know. I do want to go to Universal though to go on that roller coaster. It oh, looks... we might be going. Of course one you are. Day in September. <laughs> Just one day in September. We're gonna probably do the and then the Halloween Horror Nights. We're gonna have a Beetlejuice house. I yes. would never be able to go to Halloween oh, Horror no. Nights. No. no. Now, anybody you went with would not have an eardrum left in their head. Construction took three years and required more than thirty-eight miles of rebar. 5,000 tons of structural steel, and 10,000 tons of concrete. Expedition Everest opened for previews on January 26, 2006, and had its grand opening on April 7, 2006. In ceremonies led by Disney CEO Bob Iger and theme parks chairman Ray Rasulo. Jay. Oh, Jay Rasulo, sorry. Can't read, apparently. At 199.5 feet, it is the tallest attraction at Walt Disney World, beating the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror by six inches. Disney keeps all of its attraction buildings under 200 feet because aviation laws require structures of that height and taller to have a blinking red light beacons for low-flying aircraft, which would take away from the theming in their attractions. 
I thought I would take the fun thing saying all the stats. Tim just said the opening day, April 7th, 2006. We, Adam already discussed it's $100 million to build. This was made by Vacoma is the brand name or company that built it. Height, 199.5 feet. The drop is 80 feet. The length is 4,424 feet. The speed is 50 miles per hour. The duration is two minutes and 50 seconds. The capacity is 2,050 people per hour. Your G-force is gonna be 3.0. Height restrictions, you need to be 44 inches. And for six trains, max five in operation, that's total of 34 riders per train. All right, so we're gonna take a little bit to talk about the queue. Line queue. And we're gonna take a little bit to talk about the queue. <laughs> <laughs> and it starts at the office of a fictional, like, Himalayan escapes travel agency, progressing to a replica temple temple with little holy figures. Visitors next enter a tea garden, followed by a room with equipment from a successful expedition, and then the Yeti Museum, which contains information on the Yeti and the molding of a Yeti footprint. There are also about 8,000 artifacts brought from Nepal trip in the museum, and the single rail line skips all these exhibits i think this is one of the best cues on property yeah is my honest opinion so the ride the riders board the roller coaster in the model village of Sirkazong to begin a speedy route through the himalayas to the base of mount everest the train departs the station to the right and climbs a small lift leading to a short drop then circles around to the 118 foot lift hill carrying the riders into the mountain on the way up it passes through a ransacked temple with murals of the yeti warning the riders that the mountain is his territory. At the top of the mountain, the train curves around the main peak and goes through a cave. When it emerges, it draws to a halt in front of track that has been torn apart, presumably by the Yeti. The train itself is held in place by a series of rubber tires while an automatic switch rotates the piece of track directly behind the train. The train then rolls backward along a new route that spirals down to the mountain and eventually comes to a halt in a large cave where riders see the Yeti shadow on the wall as he tears up more track. This effect distracts riders from noticing another automatic track switch in front of them. As the shadow moves away, the train rolls forward out of the mountain and down the main 80-foot drop. It enters a 250-degree turn and speeds back up through another cave in the mountain where the roars of the Yeti are heard once more. The train ex exits from the rear of the mountain and enters a large helix before being lifted back into the mountain a final time. The train drops through a cave where the Yeti is not moving and just disco lights. Woo, woo, disco Yeti. <laughs> He's supposed to reach down toward it, and on reaching the bottom of this drop, riders return to the unloading dock and depart into a gift shop, and the ride lasts 2 minutes and 50 seconds. Fun fact, my last trip was the first time that I kept my eyes open the entire time riding this. <laughs> you, you mean your head wasn't in Marsha's lap? No. No, that's on Dinosaur. <laughs> And next, we're talking about trains. Expedition Everest has six steam-like trains, each with six cars. Each train now has each train has 17 rows, seating two abreast for a total of 34 riders per train. The trains are themed as the Anda mm, Andapur Rail Service. Andapur. <laughs> oh, I never would have said that. <laughs> And to Andapur. That's, 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 that's how I say it. Andapur. The whole, the whole area of Animal Kingdom is deemed a town is called Andapur. Yeah, I know. That's the ice cream truck that I can't say either. <laughs> <laughs> and 
It's made to look old and rusty. The locomotive itself is designed to resemble a vertical boiler configuration and is placed at the rear of the train rather than in front, so not to obstruct the rider's view. Up to five trains operate at once, but fewer can be used if gas demand is low. To create the illusion of a steam-powered train, engineers place vents under the station. When a train comes into the station, steam comes th through the vents, entering the platform, the loading platform. Exposition Everest is the first ride to use Vacoma's newest track system, which places the rails on the outside of the ties rather than the inside. This was the first large-scale installation of such a system. Some additional facts and details regarding Expedition Everest. The Expedition Everest was the first ride for Disney to have its train travel both forward and backwards. We already discussed how they do it with the two sets of track switches. Oh, no. I'm not going to be able to say this. <laughs> Good. <laughs> this was actually the second Disney roller coaster to run backwards. The first was being Indiana Jones at Le Temple du Pearl backwards. At Paris, Disneyland Paris, Expedition Everest, however, was the first Disney roller, co Disney roller coaster to switch between the backwards and the forward sections during the same ride. The mountain facade, the Yeti audio animatronic, and the roller coaster are actually three independent structures. Each structure reaches the ground level and does not touch the other two structures. This was achieved via 4D scheduling software that provided the exact details on how to construct it. So a little more in detail, the mountain is often compared to the 1959 Matterhorn bobsleds roller coaster at Disneyland, which also features a snowy mountain setting and an abominable, quote-unquote, abominable snowman figure throughout the ride, which everybody has nicknamed Mini Eddies. Expedition Everest Mountain has made from 1,800 tons of steel painted with 2,000 gallons of paint. It is the tallest artificial mountain in the world, but not as occasionally said the tallest point in Florida. It is Disney's 18th mountain-themed attraction. The artificial mountain is actually not an official model of Mount Everest, but rather a fictional forbidden mountain guarded by the Yeti in a story created for the attraction by Walt Disney's Imagineering. Everest is represented by the barren background peak on the far right, which is made to seem far in the distance. So Disney really uses a lot of forced perspective in this instance to make it seem like there is another mountain there that's actually a little bit taller. Let's talk about the Yeti. Oot, oot, Disco Yeti. Yes. Oot, oot. <laughs> the Yeti is the largest and most complex audio animatronic figure ever built by Walt Disney World Imagineering. It is 25 feet tall. Its skin measures 1,000 square feet and is held in place by 1,000 snaps and 250 zippers. Its movement is controlled by 19 actuators when functioning in A mode, its fully mode of operation. In A mode, it can move 5 feet horizontally and 18 inches vertically. The Yeti's roars are provided by voice actor Fred Tataschiore, famous for his work as the Hulk in numerous animated shows and films. A few months after the ride opened in 2006, the Yeti figure's framing split, threatening catastrophic malfunction if it were to be operated further in A mode. Since then, it has been operated only in the alternate B mode, in which a strobe light effect is used to give the appearance of movement, earning it the nickname Disco Yeti. Oot, oot, Disco Yeti. Oot, from oot. some fans. It is speculated that the problem was caused by damage to the Yeti's concrete base structure, which is unlikely to be repaired until a major refurbishment in the distant future because the design limits access to the Yeti without major disassembly of the superstructure. The problem with the concrete is rumored to have occurred due to a glitch in the 4D scheduling software that prevented adequate curing 
of a portion of the Yeti's foundation before the fabrication of mountain elements and roller coaster track. Joe Rohde, the Imagineering Imagineer in charge of building the attraction and Animal Kingdom, was asked about the Yeti at a D23 Expo. Rohde responded, you have to understand it's a giant complicated machine sitting on top of like a 46-foot tall tower in the middle of a finished building. So it's really hard to fix. But we are working on it and we continue to work on it. We have tried several things. None of them quite get to the key. Turning off the 40-foot tower inside of a finished building, but we are working on it. I will fix the Yeti someday, I swear. He lied. He left. He, he lied. lied. He, yeah, he quit. <laughs> he left us with a broken Yeti. Wah, wah. Everest in the City. On February 15, 2006, Disney staged an elaborate publicity stunt called Everest in the City in New York City's Times Square. They draped large billboards over the side of several buildings depicting Everest with a coaster car careening down the mountainside and the Yeti looking on from the other peak. Its eyes glowing red and flashing when the text message Disney was sent to for Yeti as Disney provided. Some additional promotions. Um, Discovery Network in 2005. Discovery Networks and Conversion International conducted expeditions to Nepal as part of the promotion for Expedition Everest. The purpose was to conduct scientific and cultural research in remote areas of the Himalayas, the location of the Yeti legend. Participants included Jer Rood from Walt Disney Imagineering and scientists from Conservation and Internet Conservation International and Disney's Animal Kingdom. The expeditions were actually chronicled and broadcasted on Discovery's cable television channels in April 2006 in three documentary sections. In three documentaries, excuse me. The first was Expedition Everest, a journey to sacred lands, broadcast on the Travel Channel on April 9th to coincide with the attraction's grand opening. The second, Building a Thrill Ride, Expedition Everest, was aired on April 10th on the Science Channel, and on April 12th on the Discovery Channel, it detailed the planning and construction of the ride, along with some of the ideas that made it possible. This document also featured survival tips from Lee Stroud, Les Stroud, the third Corrin's Quest, Realm of the Yeti, was broadcast on Animal Planet on April 15th and featured American animal and nature conservationalist Jeff Corrin. I don't remember seeing any of these shows. Me either. Do you remember the Times Square thing? I kind of do. But I don't remember it clearly. I wasn't sure if you wanted to go over incidents. (laughs) We can. I would. Apparently apparently there were a few incidents in its lifespan so far. On December 18, 2007, a 44-year-old guest was found unconscious after the train returned to the station. He was taken to a hospital where he was pronounced dead. A preliminary autopsy by the Orange County Medical Examiner's Office concluded that the victim had died of dilated cardiomyopathy. In May 19, 2018, a 26-year-old man suffered a seizure after riding the attraction. On July 5, 2019, a 41-year-old woman suffered a seizure after riding the attraction. On September 22, 2019, a 45-year-old woman felt ill, migraine, and vomiting while riding the attraction. I mean, that's... Ew, that sounds brutal. I mean, the two seizures, they probably had epilepsy, and those strobing lines probably triggered that. Yeah, and the other lady just sounds like motion sickness. Yeah. And the 44-year-old man sounds like he had a condition of uh, your previous heart condition, and he shouldn't have been on that ride in the first place. I want to say that it was – there was a whole story about that. Like, the family knew about him having the heart condition, and he died in Disney and all this other stuff. I remember hearing about this prior and I don't remember the whole story, but... Nobody dies in Disney. They die outside of Disney. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's not true. It's lies. 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 L
affects our lives. So that's going to do it for our pretty much deep, a little bit of a deep dive into Expedition Everest. It's one of my favorite attractions. I really enjoy this attraction at night, though. It is a totally different experience at night. Kate, how do you feel about it? Besides having wrote it for the first time with your eyes open. It's really scary. I didn't realize it was mostly in pitch black until last trip. Because <laughs> I always looked, I always watched it up until the projection in the first tunnel or whatever. Oh, with the, when they, they show them like tearing stuff apart? Yeah, after that, I was, I was out. <laughs> and Tim, what about you? I, it's still one of my favorite rides, and like it is a totally different experience at night, especially when you get to the top of the track that is broken. And we've ridden it once where that broken piece of track was gone. Yeah, it was missing. It was missing, so you just got to the top and there was nothing there. Which oh, is weird. Total, yeah, it was, a, it was an interesting experience on that, too. But you can look out and see so far at night. It feels like you're going faster than 50 miles per hour, too. It does. At because night, of all the turns. Yeah, especially at night. Because it, it, like, in that pitch dark, it feels like it's going on very, very fast. So I'm going to jump into our cast member shop of the week. And this is a Disney personal shopper. So her name is Sally, and she's a 27-year cast member who has followed since last April from a role as housing manager with Disney internships and programs. We should have talked about that because we have college program coming back. Yay! Ooh. So hopefully she's going to be back to work real soon. But she's actually a widow and a single mom, and she had a bit of an issue trying to find some work after being followed. She has a daughter in college at Florida State University and a son who's a senior in high school. So she has a Facebook at Sally. I'll, I'll, put, I'll put the link in the show. Yeah, because there's a whole <laughs> bunch of stuff here. Yeah. <laughs> um, basically, she charges a flat fee for her personal shopping plus actual cost of merchandise and shipping. She does accept Vemo and PayPal and will send total once she knows the shipping cost. She uses USPS priority mail, so there's the tracking, and she will not be able to use her cast member discount to actually purchase anything because that's a big no-no and you can get a lot of trouble for that. So if you're looking for a personal shop or to pick you up some stuff, feel free to reach out to Sally. And Kate has the recipe this week. So take it away, Kate. So I figured it would be fitting to do, but this is the Disneyland's Matterhorn Macaron. And for the ingredients, you're gonna need one cup of softened butter, half a cup of granulated sugar, half a teaspoon of vanilla, fourth a teaspoon of almond extract, fourth a teaspoon of coconut extract, one and one fourth cup packed of sweetened coconut, two and a half cups of flour, fourth a teaspoon of salt, fourth ounces of melted white candy melts, and a fourth a cup of finely chopped white candy melts. For the instructions, you're gonna preheat your oven to 325, cream together butter and sugar until light and fluffy add salt extracts and flour and mix until just combined add one cup of coconut processed in the food processor as described below and fold in gently chill dough for at least an hour this will help when you're forming your matterhorns on an ungreased cookie sheet form dough into 16 matterhorn mounds bake until lightly golden brown around the edges around 15 to 18 minutes minutes remove from the oven and cool completely melt candy melts in 30 second intervals until melted dip dot dip tops of your matterhorn cookies about halfway in the melted candy melts gently shake off excess melted candy place on 
back on your cookie sheet. Allow candy to harden for about three minutes, but do not let it get completely hard before sprinkling with the top of the candy melts. Place one and a half, it says at the very bottom, asterisk, place one and a half cups of shredded sweetened coconut into a food processor or blender and pulse until it is very fine. You do know this is a macaroon, not a macaron. Oh. It's not the French one. Yeah, okay. No, it's the I've thing. actually had this. I hate coconut, but this is really freaking good. And I, I had it for quite, it's so big. It lasted for quite a few days and it was still good and it tasted fresh. Well, I mean, they don't really, I don't even know if macaroons go bad. It's, it's. It was my very first one I've ever had. It was good. <laughs> what? Very cool. It's no, probably, there's nothing wrong with it. It's probably like six. But have of you sugar. had? Do you, do you know the difference between like a macaron and a macaron? I know. I yeah, the the macarons look like crunchy. I've never had one, but they look like crunchy. A macaron. Macaron. A macaron. Yeah, that's the a, macaron is very chewy and and it's got the coconut stuff on yeah. top. The yeah, a macaron is like um, it's a crispy cookie on the outside, but it's soft on the inside. Oh, it and is. Yeah, yeah it's, and it's filled with either like a the filling is like a jam or uh, usually a, a cream based filling. So maybe so one day good. I'll try one. They are so good. Gotta go to the patisserie. Mm-hmm. So are you macaron or macaroon? Both. I love both. I eat both I don't of them. coconut. So <laughs> I've done both of them. Macaroon. Growing up Jewish, you've in, you eat a lot of macaroons when you grow up Jewish because they're one of the things you can eat during Passover. Because it, it's not bread or like a cookie, but it's like a sweet. Lachame. So that. <laughs> yes, Lachame. It should be at the Lachame booth. You are correct. <laughs> Alrighty. So, so uh, I was yeah. just going to ask you a quick question of like any standout snacks that you guys had on your past trip since I haven't talked to you in like a month. Uh, not really. Or food no. items, something new that you tried at a restaurant or something. We had the melty, the flame cheese from Wine Bar George. For the first time, that was really good. What's but you that? have to eat it quick. What is that? They set a, like a um, cast iron pan for the cheese. They set it on fire. Ooh. Right at your table. Right at your table. Yes, please. It's, it's very, very good. <laughs> you have to eat it quick because it, it congeals and, and solidifies quickly after you yes. put the flame out. But it, it was very, very tasty. I can tell you one place we weren't very thrilled with, and that was the Chefs de France. Well, duh. Compared to Monsieur Paul, yeah. No, but it really wasn't good, like, at all. all. We were very, very disappointed in our meals there. What did you have? Beef bourgeon. Really? And it was bad? The filet was so dry and overcooked. I I made the recipe from there, and it came out great. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I don't know. I broke a wine glass and spilled some wine. (gasps) All over Todd and Jen. Aww. Mm -hmm. (laughs) <laughs> it, was, it was an interesting time. It was an interesting night. I mean, there wasn't really, it was a really short trip. So we really didn't have too much time to go to too many different places. We are slowly finding out that, you know how we used to bounce to Epcot a lot at night? Well, that's not really doable right now because Epcot was closing pretty early. So what we've been doing a lot instead is actually bouncing to Springs and just hanging out and walking around there. And it's actually really, really good. There's a lot of food options. There's a lot of like food cart options. I had this crazy New Orleans style hot dog. 
with sausage and it was a sausage andouille sausage with crawfish on top of it interesting and it it was really really tasty and i it's just it's really interesting what they're what they're doing with springs right now I, i'm appreciating that a little bit more than i ever have did you go that to the it, french bakery in disney springs i forget the name of it no we just kind of we were there at night so most of the time we were just looking for food and drinks of course not so much bakery <laughs> So but, you, didn't, I mean, you didn't try the new donuts then? The no. The donut place. not a big donut person. Tim's not a big donut person. The line was a little bit on the long side, so we just kind of passed it. Yeah, I haven't had a donut in like a long time. <laughs> and you are the donut queen. Yeah, so. I can't. I can only have donuts at Disney for special occasions. <laughs> Marsh said. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I, I'm eating gluten again. You'll be happy to know. I can tell you're a lot more calmer and nicer, and you know. <laughs> I just I don't decided, feel like you're on some sort I of crazy I just count diet. my calories, and I work out now, so I can look at those two things and see what I need to do. And I'm in the three sheets challenge. Moot. So I'm working out more. So if anyone wants to join it, um, I can put a link in the show notes for that. Definitely. Yeah, um, every was... month we have more and more teams. This month is 11 teams. But just so you all know, it, it's it's competitive, but not like cutthroat competitive. It's friendly. It, it, yeah. Yeah. No one's going to yell we, at you if you don't get enough points one day. Unless you're on Tanya Pagano's team. It depends on which team you're on. You can't say that. <laughs> oh, really? I'm, I'm glad I'm on Tressa's team then. <laughs> no, she won't yell at you, but she'll just check in on you. Well, Tressa definitely you're... every night should be like, remember to log in so you get all your points yeah, in. Yeah, because if you don't log in, it doesn't sync to your your um apple app and you lose you it for credit. that day then yes you have oh. to check it at least once and then it will sync also this is an apple watch challenge kind of thing so you do need an apple watch i i admit the only reason i got an apple watch is so i could do the challenge because <laughs> i felt like it would be a good motivator for me which it, it has it been actually, so far yeah it is and it's, it's a lot of fun it's a lot of smack talk for you know, people who are in close proximity to other teams, it's 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 a good motivation and good, just good fun. Yeah, I had mm -hmm. a Garmin before and it just, they didn't have anything like this. It wasn't motivating and I told Marsh that. Marsh would try to challenge me. I'm like, it's not fun to just challenge you. <laughs> <laughs> there is a, um, I think there is a, like a smaller Garmin team challenge that the group has, but... It's not as big as the Apple Watch. Oh, Marsh would like to join probably because he wanted he tried to use my old iPhone to join, but he didn't realize he needed a Apple Watch. The watch yeah. Yeah. You so. need the watch to get the rings. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Well, that's going to do it for us. If you like what you heard, please rate and review us over on iTunes or wherever you listen to your apps. The more ratings, the more reviews, the more people who see us. Write us a review. Maybe I'll get your shout out on our show at the end of the show one day. I, so if you want to hear your name or at least your username on iTunes on a show, just write us a review and we'll be sure to give you a shout out. Find us on Facebook at Mouseliness. You don't just search in Facebook. If you don't know how to use Facebook, I really don't know how to help you. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I, I'm very proud that you found the podcast if you don't know how to use Facebook. But um, just find us on Facebook. If you do a search, you'll see us there. And that's going to do it for us for this evening. We look forward to speaking to you all real soon. Y'all have a great night. Bye. Good night. <laughs>